All right, hey, if you have your Bibles or your iPad or your phone, whatever you may have, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to read verse, uh, one verse in there and just kind of camp out there a little bit uh, tonight, uh, and then we'll have communion together. Um, and as you turn to 1 Thessalonians, uh, for those of y'all that were here on Sunday, uh, Pastor Todd uh, uh, talked about, as we continue our series uh, on the essentials, he, he talked about walking in the will of God. He, he, he unpacked that. If you weren't here Sunday, I encourage you to go get the, you know, listen to the podcast, go on our website or order the CD, however you may do it. But he talks about walking in the will of God. And so I want to start, I want to kind of continue in that vein and start tonight um, uh, talking about the will of God. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. It says this, in every situation, no matter what the circumstances Be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's pray over our time in the Word. Father, we thank you for your Word, and that it's awesome, powerful, living, and true, sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, we are just thankful that we can come together again tonight as a family and worship and uh, get in the Word together and have communion together. And uh, Lord, we just love you and we just ask that you would help us and you would speak to us tonight. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, our spiritual eyes to see what it is that you want us to see and give us the grace to apply it to our lives tonight, tomorrow, and each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 makes it clear that one aspect of God's will for our life is to give thanks and to continue to give thanks. Amen? You might have been sitting in here Sunday or maybe, especially as younger people, maybe even as adults, you, as you hear a message like Sunday talking about the will of God, walking in the will of God, uh, you, you might say, you know what, well, I don't know what, what God's will is for my life. Well, you can go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 and say, I know one thing that's God's will for every life, and it's to be thankful. Amen? It's to be thankful. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to even talk about that a little bit more on Sunday. But uh, it not only says to give thanks, but it says to continually give thanks. So I, I just want to share this, that, you know, tonight as we talk about continually giving thanks, I, I want to throw this out here. And, and I said this a few years ago when I ministered at the service, that for the Christian, every day should be Thanksgiving Day, right? And it shouldn't just be the last Thursday in, in November, right? Every day should be Thanksgiving Day. We, maybe we're not going to have turkey every day, uh, uh, you know, or, or, you know, do whatever your, your, your Thanksgiving tradition. I know a lot of people go hunting this week and, you know, you, whatever you, you, you watch football or do whatever, just lay around, spend time with the family. I know a brother was you know, taking a trip on his motorcycle, whatever the case may be. We might not do all those things as the holiday, but every day should be Thanksgiving Day because it says to give thanks and continually Give thanks unto the Lord. Amen? I mean, all of us, amen. All of us have so much to be thankful for. I mean, we can, we can spend the rest of our time and it wouldn't even scratch the surface of the things we could be thankful for, right? You got out of bed this morning, right? You're breathing right now. Your heart's beating, right? You know, you, you, you seeing me, I'm seeing you, our, our eyes, our ears. I mean, we, first and foremost, I mean, those of us that here that have been saved, aren't you thankful for your salvation? That right there, amen? Thankful that we're saved, that we're in a relationship with the Lord. 
I mean, again, our health, the basic senses that we can see and, and hear and taste and walk and, and, and talk and touch and smell, the clothes we have on our back, the food that we have, all that good food we're going to be eating tomorrow. Come on, somebody. You know, in, in, in Cajun country, we're definitely not lacking in that area, right? All the good food we have, the vehicles you ha- we have to drive. And I mean, of course, we can go on and on and on, all the extras, right? I mean, God really has, and I, I thank him, has blessed us exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what I can ask to think. My family, look, my family here on the front row, my mom, beautiful wife and wonderful children. I mean, that's so much. All are healthy and, and smart and a blessing. All, I mean, from 11 to 7, all blessed. They all have, are saved, have been baptized. I'm a blessed man. I have a lot to be thankful for, right? We all do. We all have so much to be thankful for. So what does the word thanksgiving actually mean? As we look at that word thanksgiving in the New Testament, uh, like for example, in in the first Thessalonians 5 or uh, Philippians 4, uh, 6, he specifically, the New King James uses the word. Let's read it. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, let's look at what the Greek word thanksgiving means. In the Greek, the word thanksgiving is a compound of two different words. I'm not even going to try to pronounce them for you. I can't even pronounce English words good. I ain't going to try to pronounce the Greek. But it's a combination of two different words. And the first word means good or well. It suggests a general good disposition or an overwhelmingly good feeling about something. The second word in the Greek is the word for grace. It's the word for grace. So these two words come, come, compounded into one. They form the word thanksgiving in the New Testament. So when you combine these two words, the compound word describes, listen to this, an outpouring of grace and of wonderful feelings that freely flow from the heart in response to someone or something. That's more than just saying thanks, Right? That's the picture. When you unpack that word, thanksgiving, that's the picture. An outpouring of grace and wonderful feelings that freely flow from your heart in response to someone or something. That's the attitude of thanksgiving we should have on a daily basis. Not just tomorrow, but every day. As the believers, it should be an overflowing, an outpouring of just like, Lord, you've been so good to us. The grace you've extended us, the, 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 the love, the, the, you know, the, the mercy, the salvation, all the needs, everything. That's the picture of thanksgiving in the Bible. Now that we know what that word means, let's take a few minutes. Uh, and, and, and I want to make a few more biblical observations about giving thanks on a continual basis. Number one, not only should we thank God for what he has already done, but also what he is going to do. Not only what he's done, but what he's going to do. By using the word thanksgiving in Philippians 4, 6, Paul teaches that when we earnestly ask God to do something special for us, we must match it with an earnest outpouring of thanksgiving. So when you make the request, right behind it should be an earnest outpouring of, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. You heard me pray that. I know those of you that have been here a long time and hear me pray. I always pray that. I often pray, Lord, I thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. I thank you ahead of time, Lord, for what you're going to do. Although the request has been made and we haven't seen any evidence yet, it's appropriate to thank God for doing what we asked for. Thanking him in advance, and and, and catch this. See, thanking him in advance demonstrates faith. 
When you thank God for something that you haven't seen, I'm going to even go a step further, or that seems impossible, you're demonstrating faith. You're saying, Lord, I'm thankful for what you're going to do in my life. I thank you for the breakthrough. I thank you for the provision that is coming. I thank you that my loved one is going to come and know you. I thank you, Lord, ahead of time. It's like one preacher said, I heard him say, he was praying. He said, Lord, we thank you in advance what you're going to do because your credit is good with us. I like that. Your credit is good with us. Amen. How many of y'all know God has a perfect credit score, right? He's 100% all the time, every time on his promises. Amen. So one, we should thank the Lord not only for what he's done, what he's doing, but also what he is going to do. The second thing I want to share with you is that, you know, listen, we must be thankful in the good times and in the bad. Thankful in the good times and the bad. I knew I'd have a lot less amens on that one. But it's true. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 5.18 again. In every situation, look at that. No matter the circumstances. No matter. It doesn't matter what the That tells you good, bad, the ugly. No matter what the circumstances are, be continuously. Be thankful and continually give thanks to God. Even in bad times, church, we can find something to be thankful for if we're looking for it. Amen. We are. We still alive. There's a lot. If you're looking for it. See, when we get in the weeds and we get in trouble and the trials and the fire, sometimes it's hard to see with the flames all around us. Or, you know, it's hard to see. But if we're looking, we can find something to be thankful for. And, you know, it's an atti- the reason why it's an attitude of the heart. If we have a posture, again, of outpouring of thanksgiving, there's always something to be thankful for. Some of y'all might have heard this story. I've, I've referenced this story before because I heard it told over the years. But, but uh, the, yesterday when I was preparing, I actually went look it up. And, and, and it was even more powerful than I thought reading it. So I want to read. Uh, how many of y'all have heard of Corey Ten Boom? A lot of us have, right? In her book, The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boom tells of a, of a time when she discovered that God was working in even the most horrific circumstances. See, Corey and her sister Betsy uh, had been imprisoned by the Nazis during World War II for hiding Jews behind the wall of their uh, Holland home. So they were both thrown in prison. They would often hear the horrific sounds of other prisoners getting brutally beaten around them. So I want to read you a few parts from, from, the, from her book. When they were moved to a different barracks, Corey was horrified by the fact that the reeking straw bed platforms that they had to now sleep on swarmed with fleas. How could they live in such a place? It was Betsy who discovered God's answer in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the scripture we just read. And and her version was, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That's it, Corey. That's his answer. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's what we can do. We can start right now to thank God for every single thing in this new barracks. I stared at her, Corey said, then looked around me at the dark, foul-aired room. They thanked God for the fact that they were together. They thanked God that they had a Bible. They even thanked God for the horrible crowds of prisoners that more people would be able to hear God's word. And then Betsy thanked God for the fleas. The fleas, that's too much, Betsy. There's no way that even God can make me be grateful for the fleas. 
Betsy said this, give thanks in all circumstances. She quoted, it doesn't say in pleasant circumstances. Come on, that's a good word right there. Be thankful in all circumstances, not in pleasant circumstances. She said this, fleas are a part of this place where God has put us. And so we stood between tiers of bunks and gave thanks for the fleas. But this time, I was sure Betsy was wrong. (laughs) It turned out Betsy was not wrong. The fleas were a nuisance, but a blessing after all. The women were able to have Bible studies in the barracks with a great deal of freedom, never bothered by the guards coming in and harassing them. They finally discovered that it was the fleas that was keeping the guards out of their barracks. Through those fleas, God protected the women from abuse and harassment, and dozens of desperate women were free to hear the comforting, hope-giving word of God. Through those fleas, God protected the women from much worse things and made sure that their deepest, truest needs were met. Isn't that remarkable? Even before they figured out, Corey's sister was willing to give thanks for the fleas and realized that, listen, they, they would have gotten beaten, tortured, and no, no, no telling how much worse if it wasn't for the fleas. So they gave, God, and, and, and they gave God thanks for the fleas. Listen, we all have fleas in our life. Now, I don't mean like literally the little bugs, but you know what I'm saying. Figuratively speaking, all of us have something in our lives that can, we can see as no use for them. Things that are obviously horrible, unpleasant, painful things that we, we want going out of our life. No life is free of fleas. But if Corey and Betsy can be our examples, God can even use these nasty insects for our protection and blessing. Amen? What are the fleas in your life right now that maybe you've been complaining about? Or you've been, you know not happy about or frustrated about. It's been this this nagging, ongoing thing, maybe a horrible, uh, horrific thing that's going on in your life. Just remember the fleas in Cord Tin Boone and her sister Betsy's barracks in that concentration camp in World War II. We never know what the fleas can actually be protecting us from, that they can actually be a blessing and a protection from the Lord. So again, be thankful when... In all circumstances, not just pleasant circumstances, but in all circumstances, be thankful. Amen? Amen. The last thought I want to share with you is uh, when, we, when we begin to be thankful or continue to be thankful, it's a way that we honor God. Amen? We want to honor God with our lives. We want to honor God with what we do, with what we say, how we live our lives. When we're thankful every day, not just the last Thursday in, in, in November, it's a way that we honor the Lord. Look at Psalm 69, 30. It says this. Then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. I will praise him with singing and honor him with thanksgiving. You know, every time you thank the Lord for something, it brings honor to him. Every time. Every time you thank the Lord for whatever it may be, it brings honor to him. And I begin to think about this and thought, man, especially, think about this, especially around unbelieving people. When you begin to give thanks to God, It brings honor to God, especially think about it if it's a quote-unquote flea in your life and you begin to give thanks to God, what what does that say to an unbeliever around you? That no matter, even in the hard times, this guy's still thanking his God for what I can't even see is there. 
right? Or something that seems like a nuisance. He won't, matter of fact, he's not complaining. He's not cursing God. He's not shaking his fists at God. Matter of fact, he's thanking God in the midst of all this stuff that he's going through. That can be a powerful witness as we honor the Lord. Listen, you may think even something as simple as bowing your head in public to pray over your food, you might think that's a simple thing. But I want to tell you, whenever you bow your head in public at a restaurant to bless your food or wherever you're at, at your job, in the break room or something, listen, that thing right there, it's, it's bringing honor to God while everybody's looking. We should bring honor to God when nobody's living, looking, but also bring honor to God when, no, when everybody's looking as well, right? No matter what, we must thank the Lord. So in closing, Colossians 4, 2 says this, continue earnestly in prayer, be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So he's saying continue to pray, but to continue to be vigilant with thanksgiving as well. Even after tomorrow, let's continue every day as though it was Thanksgiving Day. Amen. And in Revelation 7, 12 says this, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God. When? Forever and ever. Not just tomorrow. Thanksgiving belongs to him forever and ever. You know what? When we get to heaven, all through eternity, we're still going to be thanking him, right? It's not going to end here. It won't end here on earth. When we get before the Lord on his throne and, and we're in heaven worshiping for eternity, listen, the angels around him right now worshiping, still we're going to be giving him thanks forever and ever and ever. Amen? So as we get ready to take communion together, I want to read a scripture from Matthew in regards to communion. And it ties in again. Matthew 26, 26 through 28 says this. As they were eating... Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he took it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and he did what? Gave thanks to it, to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. As you can see tonight, as we have communion, thanksgiving is also a part of communion, right? And what's known as the Last Supper, Jesus took the bread, broke it, and gave thanks for it. Before we have communion tonight, you know, we, again, we, we, we have so much to be thankful for. Those of us that have come to know the Lord, be thankful for the cross and our salvation, as well as everything he's done, he's doing and he's going to do. But, you know, I know there's some guests in here tonight. And, 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 and as I talk about that, I'm not sure that, that, you know, everybody has experienced the salvation of the Lord. You know, communion is actually for believers. It's actually for believers. The Bible says that, that every time we uh, have communion, uh, we are remembering the Lord's death. But we're also proclaiming by faith that he's coming back again. So really, it's, it's something to be done by the church, by believers. So I don't know, maybe not everyone in here tonight has made a decision to come into a relationship. Matter of fact, into communion. You know, this is, this is uh, something that we do as a church. But communion, just like Thanksgiving should be every day, communion with the Lord should be every day. Not necessarily breaking bread and drinking juice, but it's communion. It's, it's, it's having fellowship. Just like if you're married, I have communion with my wife every day. We have fellowship and an intimate relationship. 
So maybe you say, Brandon, I'm here tonight and somebody invited me. I'm here for a of time with my family. And you know what? Just as it said that, that, you know, his blood was poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Have your sins been forgiven? Have you accepted the salvation of the Lord, the work of the cross? Do me a favor, before we take communion, if you would mind bowing your head with me and closing your eyes, and let's pray together. If you say, Brandon, you know, I have a lot to be thankful for, but you know, I don't know if my sins have been forgiven. I just talked about that we're going to spend eternity giving thanks for the Lord in heaven. But you might say, Brandon, I'm not sure that I'm going to make it to heaven. I'm not sure I'm going to get, I don't know if my sins are forgiven. And the Bible says that it's appointed for people to die once. After that comes judgment. When we die, we will spend eternity somewhere, either heaven or hell. But Jesus made it clear all through the scriptures and right here in Matthew that he died. The reason we celebrate communion is to remember that he died on the cross to pay for our sins. That our sins sent him to the cross. We were supposed to pay a penalty and a punishment. But Jesus, because of his great love, the Bible says in John 3, 16, God sent his son because he loved the world for the forgiveness of our sins. He took our sins. He took our punishment. He took our penalty. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I'm not sure that I'm ready for heaven. I've never asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins. And I know, man, I want to be released from the burden and the penalty of sin. And I want to accept Christ tonight as my Lord and Savior. If that's you tonight and you're not sure you're right with the Lord, I just want you to slip up your hand. Just slip up your hand and I want to pray for you. I see your hand back here. Anybody else? Anyone else? We're going to just take a few minutes. Say, Brandon, I need to get right with God. I see your hand over here, ma'am. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Come on, the Lord's saving souls right now. Thank you, Lord. It's the greatest thing you can be thankful for, is salvation. Anybody else? take our time. Thank you, Lord. Okay, for those of you that raised your hands, come on. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The Bible says to repent and turn to God. And so we're going to pray together, okay? We're going to pray and we're going we're gonna to pray with you, man. All the brothers and sisters in the church, we're going to pray this prayer together. And if you believe in your heart and confess with what you're about to say, the Lord says he's going to save you and he's going to cleanse you of your sins. Amen? So come on, brothers and sisters, let's, let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. And Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, I thank you for taking my penalty, my punishment on the cross. Lord, I thank you for dying for me, for taking my place and making me new today. Lord Jesus, I want to live for you. I want to serve you. Lord, give me the grace. And give me the strength to do that all the days of my life. I surrender and I thank you for what you've done in here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Yes, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Yes, thank you, Lord. For those of you that, that raised your hands, hey, listen. Uh, there's, there's a card in the pew right in front of you and it says, it's got a green strip on the top and it says, I made a decision. If you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, a couple hands that went up, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it. Hey, do me a favor, fill out that card that says, I made a decision and you can drop it in the tithe box on your way out or you can bring it to us uh, after we have communion. So 
This is what we're going to do. If I can get the couples that are going to come up, I have a, we have a couple couples that are going to come to each table and just kind of help us, help us out and have communion. And I want to say this. Um, if you're here tonight, you know, we're, we're a family. Amen. They had a couple people just join the family for the first time tonight. Amen. Y'all are a part of the family now. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Listen, we don't want anybody uh, to be left out. If you're here alone tonight, and because and, and, what we're going to do is we're going to come up as families. We're going to just start coming up in a little bit after we pray. And just as a family, and you're going to grab your communion, either go back to the, your pew or find a little spot and, and have communion together with your family. But if you're by yourself, I want to welcome you to join me and my family tonight. I want you to come up. You can join us or I know Pastor Rob or any one of the others. We, we'd love for you to join us and have communion with our family, okay? We don't want anybody to, to take communion alone tonight. We want you to be a part of a, of a family tonight. And so, um, so let's go ahead and pray, and I'll give you a few more instructions, and then we'll go ahead and have communion and, and, and close out. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight again for what you did. We thank you, Lord, that eternities change, Lord, tonight, that that direction of people's souls, Lord God, uh, uh, made a 180 degree turn, Lord God, to you and to glory. Thank you for saving, for loving, for forgiving us, for, Lord God, setting us free, for healing us, calling us, choosing us, anointing us, and blessing us so exceedingly and abundantly, Lord. I pray for those that, Lord, maybe are going through hard times, family problems, Lord, and uh, holidays are not always the easiest times with their families. I pray you give them grace. Lord God, through the maybe tough relationships they're going through, I pray for the grace upon those that have lost loved ones this year and that this will be their first Thanksgiving. Lord, I pray you heal them, turn their mourning into dancing and sorrow into joy. Bring them peace, comfort, healing, and wholeness. Lord, bring restoration in their lives. Father, we thank you as we come together tonight. Lord, we lift up this bread and this, this, this juice as symbolic of you dying for us, of your body being broken and bruised, and Lord God, of your blood being poured out to make us whole. We thank you for your rich royal blood that has washed us as white as snow, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.